0: Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I am Tara. De- Tar- I am Tara. Joined as always, I like totally morphed our names together. I am Tara Bowen Biggs. Joined as always by Cassidy Gemmett. Cassidy, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing pretty good.
0: Well, hopefully, you're going to speak a little bit more clearly than I have so far today.
1: I don't know if I can make any promises, but we're going to try. <laughs>
0: My head is full of basketball because it's, there's been so much lately and I was shocked today to realize that we are exactly halfway through the season. Halfway. It felt Can like, you believe it It felt like the first quarter of the season went by
1: so like, it felt like there was a million things that happened and it felt like it took forever in a good way. And then the last, then the last quarter that we've been through just felt like it flew by, like
0: it was just gone. What have oh. we learned? What have we uh, what have we learned about the Trailblazers so far this year? What do you think? Halfway halfway point.
1: We're we're really good once we lead after three quarters. Um, we're excellent after we lead after three quarters. Um, I think we've learned that this team probably has a special bond and they play like they're having fun with each other, which is really great to watch. And I think that we've learned that. The NBA is a little bit crazier and more unstable than we thought it was going to be this year. And there are a lot of openings and possibilities.
0: It's going to be, it's been quite a ride and it's going to be quite a ride. But let's focus in a little bit more on some of the more recent games that the Blazers have played. Um, thoughts on the like the most recent couple. Like I, I kinda look at the the last group of games to the for us to logically talk about would be the OKC, Houston, and Knicks games. Yeah. OKC and Houston, a rare home home back to back. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm like I feel like everybody who talks about basketball is obligated to say that because I don't think I've heard anybody discuss those two games without saying a rare home and home back to back. It is pretty rare. <laughs> Blazers lose in OKC win in or win lose at home to OKC, win at home to Houston. What are your thoughts on those games? Good wins, bad wins, good loss, bad loss? Um, I think, I mean, any win's a good
1: win to an extent. But I think that the OKC game was good in the sense that it was a really, it was a close game. Um, And I think that that's always a fun game to watch. But I think losing that game also fueled the next two games. Losing that OKC game was like, okay, we are not losing to Houston tomorrow. Not in this building. Not two days in a row. It's not going to happen. And I think they came out really strong against Houston, especially on defense. Mm -hmm. Um, The Knicks, I expected a little bit more from them in that first and second quarters just to kind of set them – set the team up to not have to play that hard later on in that game, but um, overall a good game. And once they were able to separate themselves, they were able to stay separated, which has been kind of an issue sometimes this year. So that was nice. What do you think about the,
0: those set of games? So the OKC one was a loss, but I didn't feel terrible about it. And there's a few reasons why, partly because I felt like the Blazers could have played better and could have easily won that game. And while that seems like counterintuitive, I would rather, at this point in the season anyway, have it be that the Blazers were close and they could have won rather than it be have like such a huge massive talent difference that there was just nothing that they could have done. You know what I mean? That makes a more interesting game to watch as a fan, and it also, like, makes you hopeful for the future. It's, like, short-term disappointment, but, like, you guys knew what you did. You could have just done mm-hmm. a couple of things better, and you and you would have won that game.
1: And I feel like um, you got a lot of good film from that game, too.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and that's the other thing. And so that game against Oklahoma City happened after uh, a rare home two days off. <laughs> um You know, the Blazers have been playing every other night and they had two days in a row off. And I think they actually had a chance to practice, which is probably one of the first times that they've actually had a practice in a while Mm -hmm. because they've been playing so frequently. So I kind of wish that I had known what they'd gone over in practice to find out if they how they implemented the things that they talked about in practice, because that's another thing about a loss that doesn't bother me all that much is if they're doing the things that they're supposed to be doing and they can't get the win, but they've learned something and they're applying it again at this point in the season, that doesn't bother me as much when you're as a fan a close game is exciting, mm-hmm. and um, it isn't, you know, as somebody who's trying to analyze the game, if you can see growth, whether or not they win or lose, I think that growth is, uh, is something that makes it, you know, if you can see the growth, it makes it not that bad.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think they we even saw growth in between OKC and Houston, even though it was such a quick turnaround. I think mm-hmm. we saw less of the same mistakes mm-hmm. and a little bit more of that drive to like a, a sense of urgency almost
0: was upped in that Houston game yeah for sure and they even though he scored 38 points on him they did look like they had gotten into James Harden's head which oh, is always Absolutely, fun. that's <laughs> that's a win in itself <laughs> so the the final game is the the game against the Knicks now something that has developed uh recently is the insertion of Jake Lehman but he started on Saturday because Mo Harkless was resting his knee in the second night of a back-to-back. And then mm-hmm. he got a lot of playing time on Monday because Moe's knee was bothering him again. And Jake made the most of his time, had some really fun, energizing plays. He had his first double-double. What do you think about Jake and... You know, there's a debate going on. Should Stotts just play Jake more and let Harkless recover? I mean, what are your thoughts? I'm still so torn about this. But I think seeing more of Jake is
1: never going to be a bad thing. I think that his development and growth is amazing. This was just his 100th NBA game. So now we're 100 games into Jake Lyman playing, and we're going to get to see everything
0: that he's done so far. When did he hit his 100th game?
1: The last game we played, so against the Knicks was his hundredth oh, cool. game. Um I think that I mean I love watching Mo Harkless play. I love the the plays that he makes that you don't necessarily see on the stat sheet. Those quick moves and things like that. But I think Jake has a lot of that too. And we're seeing Jake develop into such a exciting player to watch that I don't see a problem with letting Mo, you know, feel really a lot better before he comes back because Jake is a good person in his place. And who knows maybe Jake in the long run ends up a better place in that rotation.
0: Yeah. It's, it's hard to say. And, you know, a lot of the conversation around it is like one or the other. And I, I mean, I guess Stotts kind of has to deal with that, but you know, Jake has also kind of replaced Nick Stauskas, In the lineup as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't know. I've kind of enjoyed the last like week and a half or so because Stotts has been tweaking the rotation a little bit. You know, we've been seeing more of Seth Curry. We've been seeing Evan Turner in a slightly different role. They're letting Seth Curry handle the ball a little bit more. We've seen that three guard lineup. Like if you consider Evan Turner a guard, you know, with Dame and Curry and Evan Turner and that seems that seems pretty effective. Yeah. Um but as far as Layman and Harkless go, I still think that Layman's or I still think that Harkless on the best nights on his best nights is better than Jake on his best nights. Yeah. And I don't want to say that like I don't I I, I don't buy into this uh, this whole thing that you know Harkless, you know, doesn't you know care enough or whatever. I think it's just, you know, he's he's a different kind of player than Mm -hmm. some of the other players and it's hard to tell um you know how he's feeling because he keeps everything pretty buttoned up um but I think on his best nights I think he's a really really good player and on his best nights the Blazers that are at their best and I think Jake Lehman is a a really great bench solid bench player (laughs) you know what I mean who can come in give you energy but I think I still at this point want to give Mo. Some more starter time, but I don't know, when do you cut it off, right? When do you say this experiment is done? <laughs> I don't know. I mean I don't I don't know if there's a
1: a way that you could set a cutoff point. But I think that you can always why why do you have to have one or the other? Why can't you pick maybe what's best against your matchup? Or mm-hmm. just have that ability to throw teams off thinking maybe they think they're gonna get Mo and they end up getting Jake or vice versa and so I think that could be a fun thing but I think as long as maybe I don't want to say frustration but almost as long as we don't see any frustration and things are still flowing well with Mo I don't see a reason not to start Mo
0: yeah I don't know I'm just glad I'm not the coach and you know that's that's one of the things that I find so interesting about sports and, and basketball is that is these hard decisions like mm-hmm. it's, there's it's full of hard decisions. You know, it's whether or not you're on the basketball court having to make those split second hard decisions or if you're the coach who's making those decisions or if you're the GM. Right. Yeah. it's Full of hard. De- if it was easy. Yeah you wouldn't get however many million dollars a year. Yeah. And
1: it's this combination of using analytics and using personalities and the psychology of it all. And there's so many moving parts that involve so many different processes of thought that just aren't even necessarily generally correlated that you have to think about so many moving parts that are so different from each other. Mm
2: hmm.
0: Yeah, and no decision is like easy, really. Yeah, no. Although I would argue that firing uh, Tom Thibodeau. Yeah. <laughs> like it was pretty clear to me. Yeah. A you long mean the Timber ago? Bowl? The Timber Bowls
1: weren't working out? Um,
0: Shocking. Yeah. Uh,
1: that I, I'm surprised by the timing of that. I'm not surprised by it happening. I'm just kind of wondering why it happened in January uh-huh. and not.
0: I don't know, months ago. Sep- right, September. Well, and I, yeah. I remember this summer, you know, listening to national writers talking about like, oh, well, you know, Tibbs will be gone by the end of the season, but they'll let him stay for the whole season because why would they get rid of him? They paid him so much money. He'll he'll be there. He still knows how to coach. He's still a good coach. And I'm just like, I feel like players have gotten to a point where they realize they do don't have to respond to someone screaming at them <laughs> yep. or they just don't respond to people who scream mm-hmm. at them when they look around the league and see other coaches you know not yelling and screaming yeah. at their I think there was like a sh- there
1: it'd be interesting to really dive into this but I feel like there's been a massive way in which coaches coach Especially at the NBA level, because we've reached to this point where it's like, yes, we're all adults. Yes, we're all professionals. And so there's got to be – and players make more than coaches. So Mm -hmm. there's got to be a level of working together versus someone just telling you what to do. Because that's just not going to work.
0: If you couldn't – if Terry Stotts wasn't the coach of the Trailblazers – And they also couldn't have Popovich. (laughs) Who else would you, do you think would be a good coach to fit with the trailblazers right now? Um, Mark Jackson. Oh, really? Yeah.
1: Why do you say that? I think Mark Jackson's really good at handling teams that have that cohesion where they're working together. Because I think that there probably is a certain level of difficulty when a team are close friends where you have to let people know that they need to they need to speak up for themselves and they need to be able to tell especially their friends but especially their teammates when things are and are not working and I think Mark Jackson is really good at dictating that because I think we saw him do that with the that Warriors team uh and just I think he is a coach that respects his players and I think that's the kind of coach that This locker room would need, and I think that they have it in Terry Stotts, but
0: I think Mark Jackson's another player or, I mean, a coach that does that. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know uh, enough about him. I just like Rick Carlisle. Yeah, I do. (laughs) And I I know that, you know, Terry Stotts came from that tree, so it probably wouldn't be... a a big adjustment period. But I think that's a really interesting idea of somebody very different from outside Mm -hmm. the, the, I I don't know if Mark Jackson is from that coaching tree or not, or if he just kind of forged his own way, his own path in there. Yeah. Interesting. Well, one last thing to talk about before we go on to our last topic, Noah Vonley was in town with the New York Knicks. He had himself a really nice night. Uh, What are your thoughts on Noah Vonley and Portland? Should they have kept him around? What do you think? I miss Noah. I do.
1: But I think... I I almost feel like he wouldn't be playing to the level that he's playing now if the trade didn't happen. And so I feel like we're seeing a Vonley that is, like, re-inspired after everything that happened, but... Of course, I'd still love to have him on the team. But I think that for his own growth as a player, him making that switch really helped him. And so I think maybe we would have a different
0: Vonley if we had kept him
1: than we're seeing now.
0: Yeah, I think that he, you know, th- there's there's the fact that he, you know, started all those games. So he did have an opportunity to play but I think that the the role that he was playing was very different than the role he's playing now. He has a bigger role Oh yeah, on the Knicks right now. And where he was before is that he was a sidekick and he was a go stand there and help out with that. And I always felt like Noah Vonley made other players, like elevated the play of the other players around him. I thought he had something about him that made other players better. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know exactly why I don't know he does play with a certain level of like
1: passion and intent that mm-hmm. I think probably fuels an energy on the f-
0: court yeah and I think that he was a good he was just like a good uh like kind of floor partner you know what I mean mm-hmm. like he 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 feels what his other you know teammates are like he he understands how he fits into you know, the, the whole team as opposed to, you know, being somebody who's like just going to ball out and do his best. Cause one of the things I always enjoyed watching is I, he just always played like somebody who loved playing basketball. Yeah. He's fun to watch because he just looks like somebody who would rather be doing that than anything else in the whole world. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think he was a good teammate and maybe that's what I mean by, I think, you know, he read where he was supposed to be. Although now that I think about it, those were the years where I was always like everybody's always crashing into each other under the backboard, yeah. <laughs> and he true. was kind of right there, <laughs> right there in the middle of it, the thick of things. No kidding. Well, one of the things about um, Noah Vonley, too is if if he was here and he was playing, does that mean? I mean you know, where would Zach Collins be in his yeah. development right now? Or would like, I mean, he be coming off the bench so that Noah ley can keep starting. Um, you know, it would, it would just be, yeah, it would be crowded. Yeah, <laughs> Let's say if he was still here. And I'm just really happy for him that he is happy in, in New York. And I hear, I saw at least one story that um, he and Ed Davis are, you know, sort of reconnected a little bit because ed davis is in brooklyn and Aww. noah is in new york and they've gotten together i think it was in that ed davis article that broke everybody's hearts
1: yes <laughs> definitely did some heartbreaking there
0: yeah yeah but uh they were friends so uh that is my somewhat awkward segue into the second half <laughs> <laughs> the second half of our program Where uh, our intention was to talk about basketball and friendship because, you know, that's a whole, that's a thing, right? It's uh, for players and for people, really. Um, You know, so I guess one of my questions for you is uh, some of the things that, you know, Charles Barkley may grumble about or some of these... Older guys who comment on the NBA, they might grumble about that, you know, players are all friends now. What do you think about that? I think players have, I think there's always been, maybe there was more
1: intense rivalries, but I think players have always been friends. I mean, if you look at Isaiah Thomas and Magic Johnson, that wasn't, you know, Uh recently, and they were real close friends. And I think maybe they did open the door to everybody else being closer as friends in the NBA but i think i think it's a good thing for the league i think it makes the league fun i i understand wanting more of the rivalry but i think that you also want to play just as well against your your friends if not better just like you'd want to play super well against siblings so i think it makes the league more fun and i think it makes the off the court part of the league a lot more fun
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) no shortage of entertainment there
1: yeah absolutely I mean Dwayne Wade commenting on LeBron walking into the arena with a glass of wine just being like this is the this is the LeBron James I've been waiting for
0: and it's it's (laughs) wonderful I I think it's great I think the fact that banana boat as a phrase has worked its way into our vernacular is such a glorious thing and one you know so the you know the banana boat photo that was taken with lebron and chris paul and dwayne wade and i don't think i think it was dwayne wade wasn't even in the picture or anything Mm -hmm. but anyway it was it, it symbolized the friendship of these three mega stars and i think We're transitioning in our society to a place where, you know, love and friendship is now seen as a sign of strength and not weakness. And for these three top athletes to have this whole phrase, (laughs) you know, the banana boat and for have it to mean like, you know, the ultimate really powerful friendship. I mean, because it also conveys how much power these three guys have when they're combined. Yeah. Yeah
1: definitely and it, it it's funny how many great like classic things have come and come out of NBA friendships like the three goggles that were so uh-huh. popular in portland that came out of um patty mills making fun of rudy fernandez's eyesight one game oh is that that's, right? what the, that's what that's what i that's what the rumor is is it was uh-huh. him making fun of his eyesight cuz he just wasn't shooting well and then rudy came out and shot a three and just made it immediately did the three goggles And then just like went off for the half. And that became like a thing in the NCAA. It was all over the NBA for a while. And it was all because, you know, Patty and Patty's given Rudy some crap.
0: I thought that started here, but I, like, never really wanted to believe it because I was like, oh, we probably just, like, made up that story. But I do remember them talking about the – th- didn't they get in trouble for doing the three goggles in the middle of the games? I think they might have at some point. <laughs> and the coach point, was like, no. <laughs> but it was too wonderful, not to. I mean, how can you put a stop to that greatness? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, there's uh, – you know, just – I mean, even just within – The Blazers now there's the the Damon CJ friendship that, um, you know, makes the whole storyline about whether or not CJ is going to be traded extra interesting, you know, because basketball is a business. But it's a business where you know made up of players who are people and have and have feelings. I think also another thing about why there's so many basketball friendships now is because players start like through the AAU system so young, yeah, and they meet each other so young, like at the um, you know, the McDonald's games, mm-hmm. um, and you know, the invitationals, so they meet each other when they're teenagers, yeah, uh, and they You know, and then they go to college together. They might meet themselves in college. One of the um, friendships that I was always fascinated by uh, was Gerald Henderson and uh, Wayne Ellington. Mm -hmm. They grew up together playing AAU together. They even played together in high school. But then they chose different colleges. Yeah. Um, You know, Henderson chose... uh, Henderson went to Duke and Ellington went to North Carolina, right? Mm -hmm, I think so. Henderson is your Duke guy. Yeah, Henderson is going to Duke. And Wayne Ellington went to North Carolina because that is where he met Ed Davis. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then, you know, they entered the NBA. And I think it's really fascinating that when, uh, you know, Wayne Ellington's father was tragically killed, he was playing on the team with. I think he was playing with Ed Davis and Gerald Henderson was in town playing that night. Yeah. That he found out about that. Um, and just, you know, just think about all the things that these young men have to navigate. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're you know, in their early 20s when they're yeah. going through all of this. And I, I got to imagine that having your friends around, these guys that you've known for a long time, you know, I, I imagine they have some really incredible bonds. <laughs> yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, I always think of the the game where Rudy took that, Rudy Fernandez took that really mm-hmm. rough hit uh, in an L.A. game. And mm-hmm. Sergio Rodriguez didn't travel with the Lakers that night, and he stayed in the hospital with Rudy, oh, wow. even though they were going to another game. He stayed and flew in later.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And just like that kind of the friendship over that competition, but still letting it feed the competition at the same time, I think makes for a much, much better game.
3: Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, And I think CJ and Dame's relationship is so fun, especially for Portland to watch off the court as well as on the court. I mean, they're ridiculous with each other (laughs) and it's great.
0: Yeah. With them uh, and trying to get people to vote for them for all-star, which reminds me, have you voted for Damian Lillard for all-star yet today? I have. Have you? I have. You know what I did? I actually sent your mother a uh, meeting reminder. Oh, <laughs> so she gets a, a reminder every single day. And I can send you one too if you want to. And That's... if anybody wants me to send them a meeting reminder, <laughs> uh-huh. I'll send it. They can go off uh, every day at one o'clock in the afternoon to remind you to vote for, for... the All Star for... vote. For yeah. James, CJ, and Nurk. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that also, you know. <laughs> Not only are players friends, but there's real relationships that grow amongst fans. Mm-hmm. And, you know, us were people who were friends. We knew each other outside of basketball. We knew each other. We met, you and I met through actually robotics, yeah. which is <laughs> an, uh, kind of an odd thing. Um, my kids competed in robotics, and your mom is uh, really instrumental in the robotics program in Oregon. And so we met over that, but we very quickly bonded. Over the Blazers, yes. absolutely, and I think there's
1: that's an immediate connection to make with people, especially anything that happens all over sports. Um, I think the being part of a small market fan base makes it even more special sometimes. But I think that it's something that just brings people together.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a commonality that uh, that no matter. What you're doing or who you are, what your background is, if you share a love of a sport or a sports team, it gives you something to talk about right away. Mm -hmm. You know, like how many times have you been out of town and you see somebody else that's, you know, wearing blazer gear? (laughs) Has that ever happened to you? I'm guessing it probably has. (laughs) And I get very excited. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes these, you know, friendships last for a really long time and become really outstanding, you know, long-term relationships, Um, or maybe they just, you know, last for a little while, but they enrich our lives. Do you want to explain a little bit about the the interview or the discussion that we're going to play to wind up our uh, episode today? Absolutely. So I think basketball and those friendships that
1: you make from being a fan can bring a lot of different people together, and especially sometimes people that you would not have necessarily met and we got a chance to talk with uh Susie and Arinze about their friendship. And I think what's super cool is not only just how close their relationship is, but their age difference between the two of them is pretty significant, yet the Blazers basketball has brought them together. And I think they have a basketball family almost together mm-hmm. and it's great and it's so wonderful to watch and it was really fun to talk with them and learn about their experiences with basketball in general and uh the relationship that they have formed being I think is 67 years apart Mm
0: -hmm. in age (laughs) so
1: I think that it is a beautiful thing and it is so much fun and they are both amazing super fans as long as as well as Charlene who's amazing too so it is a, such a fun interview and so fun to hear the perspective of the Blazers from age ranging from 10 to 77.
2: Hello, my name is Lorenzen Hi there, I'm Blazer fan Susie.
3: Hi, I'm Charlene, Arinzi's mom. Awesome. So, could we start off
0: by hearing from each of you what your earliest Blazer memory is?
2: Well, I can start because I've got the earliest. I went to the very first game in October 1970. It was the most exciting thing I ever did with the Blazers.
3: My first memory, um, I'll probably say the first thing I can remember was working um, over the summer to save money and being at the first game at the Motor Center. I was so excited. How about you, Renzi? What's your first memory? That's That's hard. That's
4: hard. That's hard. Pick one.
0: Actually, while you're thinking, I'm going to ask Cassidy because she has been going to Blazer games since she was – since her mom was pregnant with her.
1: Yeah. Wow. Um, I cannot remember my first Blazer memory, but I do know that my – some of my first words ever were go Blazers. Then I said high five, and then I said mom. (laughs) So (laughs) definitely a diehard fan, and I remember – really young going down to the court and meeting Bill Walton. And I think I was probably about 2 or 3. Then I also got to meet Clyde Drexler at the time. So that was pretty great.
0: Did you think what went say?
1: All right, just, uh, I
4: guess. Man.
0: Oh. Oh we beat
4: the Warriors and Dame dropped 51.
0: <laughs> that is a good <laughs> memory. <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> awesome. Well, what we're here to talk about today is basketball when it's more than just basketball and friendships and relationships <laughs> that develop um, out of basketball. And one of the things I think is so great about the people that we have around the table here today is there are there's a wide age variety between all of us, but we all have the Blazers in common. Now, Susie and Arenda are some of the biggest Blazer fans around. Oh, and they're giving us each other a <laughs> high five right now. Awesome. Um, so could you two talk about how you met and how you became friends?
4: Well, I met Miss Susie at
0: my fourth birthday. And how did she end up coming to your fourth birthday party?
4: That my mother will explain.
3: (laughs) (laughs) So it was six years ago. um, Uh I got off work and walked into Stanford's happy hour. And there I saw the Golden Girls. um, And Miss Susie was part of the delegation. um, And my coworkers pointed him over because they knew that Orenze was a big Blazer fan. Literally, I think he was birthed as a Blazer fan. Um, and i are like, look, well, look over there, and I went over and I saw the Golden Girls started talking. I'm like, can you please come to his birthday party? Because of course it was a blazer themed party. And Miss Susie, we literally just bonded over that. And Miss Susie shows up with a blazer, autograph, basketball with the whole team, different blazer collectibles from over the years, and the relationship was formed after that moment. So Stanford happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. We'll have to head there next. Yeah,
1: that's that's <laughs> where we're going after this for sure. And we're gonna go find our new,
0: our own Golden Girls set. Oh my god, I'm so excited! Charlene, you mentioned the Golden Girls, and uh, Susie, I would love to hear you talk about uh, what who the Golden Girls are for people who don't know.
2: Well, uh, the Golden Girls are the Golden Girls who love the Portland Trailblazers, and we got the name. Um, you want to know the names of the girls? Well, we have Georgia Muller. We have Brenda Nelson and we have Virginia Burke, and myself. Mm-hmm. And how did you come to be? Well, we all had been boosters, and and we got seats, and we took a trip. And our first trip, I'm pretty sure, was Memphis, Tennessee. And um, uh, when we got off the plane, we're standing down there trying to gather our bags and stuff. We didn't know where to go. How to? I mean, we just we're lost. And we asked one of these guys, how can we get a taxi to get to the hotel we're supposed to go to? And he says, well, just follow me. And he led us out. And there was a cab. And then he said, excuse me, girls, can I tell you something? I said, sure, go ahead. And he says, you remind me of the Golden Girls. Aha! We have a new name, and from that moment on, that's what we've called ourselves. And how long ago did the Golden
0: Girls come into existence? The Golden uh, Girls who love the Portland Trailblazers. Right,
2: right. Full name. Um, I, I, I'm going to say it was a little uh, probably. Let's see, probably when he was three, mm-hmm. <laughs> it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were members of the Booster Club and uh like i said it just got a little too political and we wanted to have more fun and so and uh georgia's husband passed away <clears throat> and uh so she joined our group we started off with just the three of us brenda myself and um uh, virginia and then georgia we invited her to join us when her husband passed away so uh we we we've had such a great time great time I didn't find out about the Booster Club until I was playing golf one day, and Brenda was my partner, and she started talking about, the, or I said something about being a Blazer fan. She said, boy, well, well, you ought to be part of the Booster Club. I said, Booster Club? What Booster Club? <laughs> I didn't know about the Booster Club, <laughs> so I joined. <laughs> now, Irene's Arinze- how long – so you've
0: known Susie since you were four years old when she came to your birthday party. Have you ever been to a game with Susie? Hmm? Have you ever sat together at a game? I don't think so. I don't oh. think we have. We always see each other, though, after the games. Yeah. Okay. So you you and uh, you and Susie are not exactly the same age, um, but you met through through basketball. What's something that you really love about basketball that keeps you, like – interested in the game and interested in keeping coming
4: i just like competitiveness that's why i like Draymond green what he's a competitive guy
0: mom is rolling her eyes
3: are you talking about the blazers
2: <laughs>
4: yeah like if he wants to fight then it's just what it is
3: oh so that's the thing we're talking about, <laughs> about the blazers They focused
4: <laughs> that's the thing that i like most about basketball competitiveness and and sometimes when it gets out of hand the fight
0: it's really entertaining.
4: Do you play basketball yourself?
0: Yeah. What position do you play?
4: I could play any position, but I usually play power forward.
0: Is that your is that your favorite position? No. What's your favorite? I call myself a point forward. A point forward, okay.
4: I don't like Draymond Green. Sorry.
0: How about on the Blazers? Who's your favorite blazer?
4: I don't talk about that.
0: Oh, you don't want to pick a favorite? Can't
4: talk about it. <laughs> Do you have, say,
2: Who's your favorite? I can't talk about it. It must you be a, Damien. Come on. No?
1: Do you have a favorite former Damien. blazer? Because you don't you don't want to like curse anything now, but do you have a favorite former blazer? Because now they're not on the team, so it'd be okay to talk LaMarcus about it. Marcus yes. West. Uh, I knew that. Okay.
3: Yeah. I don't like him. Um... Yeah. Oh, is that? <laughs> <right>? <laughs> I'm still salty for Let's that, explore but. that. <laughs> yeah, because
4: his mother had cancer. Have some sympathy for the guy. And then he wanted to go back home to, have all, to do all these things. And now you're
2: mad at him? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason she's mad at him is the same reason I am. I'm he not. said, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying here. I love you guys. And then he left.
3: I believe in loyalty.
2: Exactly. <laughs>
3: okay. Oh. <laughs>
0: It's a business, all right, I, I like this kid.
1: <laughs> I feel like we're very similar. San Antonio' a great
4: organization, and if he ever went to anywhere else, that's the place where I want him to go. Because it's not like Blazes and San Antonio have a rivalry, right like, well they, they do now
0: a- they have all of our own they <laughs> <have> all <laughs> our players, yeah, like they took patty mills i'm still <gasps> patty, I'm Pat, still Pat. upset about that. Patrick was a great guy, but everything has to end.
1: <laughs> well, now we have Dame, so it's okay. That's true. We got over it.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and guess what?
0: He's way better than Patty. Well,
3: oh, yeah,
0: I, I, I would, uh, I would
3: agree with that. Sir, so, who's your your top five Blazers? Mm-hmm. Your top five Blazers. Your top of all eight... time mm-hmm.
4: man, I got. It. Do something, Arinza, You don't need to look there. I need to look at all the rosters. <laughs> no, oh, stop. Not all that.
0: the rosters, but like. We'll how do. about this? When we, before we got started, you were really wanted to talk about last night's game against the uh, Golden State oh, Warriors. Oh yes, yes, yes. Let's yes. talk about how you think the future of the Blazers looks right now. Five to ten years title. So you think they're gonna hang on to Damien'll be around for five to ten more years?
4: That's what he tells me.
0: Oh <laughs> you got the insider information. Damien's
3: retiring a blazer, right? <laughs>
0: that's
4: what he tells me. That's, that's, that's what, what he, he says. Says, everybody. Everybody says.
2: He says that to everybody. Mm-hmm. That's what he says. And I believe him yeah. five years. Yeah. So
0: what do you think about for the rest of this year? Do you think the how do playoffs. you think Okay you think they're gonna I make think the playoffs? We have a chance.
4: Don't want to drink it, but this could be the year.
0: This could be the year that oh, they make it to the playoffs. Wrong finger. Oh, <laughs> we're knocking on, knocking on Susie's ring. Good luck ring, Blazer ring. Now title. <laughs> oh, is title. that is that a '77 ring that you're showing us?
2: It might be. I, I I've had it forever. I can't remember where I even got it. Is it a title ring? He (laughs) remembers. No, Bill Shonley looks way more different. Oh, okay.
4: His his finger's really big, though.
2: I I have to tell you one story. Please do. Okay. Okay. Uh, We're buddies, and he loves the blazers, and I love the blazers. And I was telling him, well, someday you have to come over to my house. Because my whole entire garage is decorated inside my you come in i have a bathroom on the first floor it's head to toe decorated i have a blazer the first chair. blazer
3: ticket i mean that was like $5.74 oh yeah. wow <laughs>
2: anyway like now the 300
4: level cost like $45 what but- the 300 level now costs like $45. <laughs> yeah. I don't get why people, I mean, I understand uh, that, that you want to see the game, but why do you put your back on the wall? It's really scary. I'm afraid of heights. Well, I'm not afraid of heights, but I'm okay, afraid of
2: heights. heights. <laughs> it's okay. Anyway, um, we were talking. I was telling them all, all the stuff I had. I said, you got to come over. Well, I got together with Charlene and said, okay, what day works for you? And we worked it out, and they I, they came over to my house. Now, when they walked in the door, hanging on the door is welcome blazer fans, right? Mm-hmm. And there was a flag out there, a blazer flag. They come in. I've got almost every bobblehead that was ever out. And I have, it's a huge shelf, of all of them. I've got all kinds of stuff in the first floor. I mean, he's already excited. <laughs> he can't believe it. Then I take him out into the garage and I've got some uh, signed b- basketball shoes. Um, I, I've got all kinds cut of things outs, out there. And outs. I have a cutout of uh, Clyde Drexler, the size of Qu- Clyde Drexler. Mm-hmm. Life size. It's yeah, like It's was your
1: Disney World. It is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, the funniest part of the whole thing, I mean, he walked out and he's going, wow, wow. And he said, can I ask you a question? I said, what? And he said, when you die, you think I can have this stuff? <gasps> And you know we got what? Right to the point. You know what I said? Of course. because no. My kids are not crazy about it. They they don't even have time to come and go to a game with me. They loved it when I was young. Uh, he's like, I don't want you to die, younger. but when you die, I'm yeah. like, don't even <laughs> hear and I'm like, ah And I said, What the heck? I'll make sure I leave it to you. Oh. Oh. I need you to sign
4: some papers, though.
0: we'll get to that after charlene i'd like to hear from you how you became a blazer fan
3: how did i become so my family moved there from liberia um and i can't remember what or how but i remember that was just what we did as a family we will watch the game or if we have family errands to run literally listen to Bill Shawnley on the radio oh
4: yeah we still have so the same radio
3: we do so literally my my, I mean my family members just watching basketball how old were you when you first started so when i came i was what 12 yeah 12 okay. yeah okay. so just grew up watching blazer been a blazer fan for 20 plus years
0: so what do you see the future for the blazers at least you know through the how do you feel like they're gonna finish this year
3: um, I'm hopeful. I mean, I always approach the season hoping and believing this may just be the year. Um, I think definitely being Orenze's mom, I pray and hope that one day sooner rather than later, the Blazers will win a championship so he can have that experience. Actually, so for Christmas, Orenze um, got his godmother, who's also a Blazer fan, who her one of her first memories was when the Blazers won the championship in 77. He got her a Blazer shirt this Christmas. And she had like, tears in her eyes. And she's like, I remember this. Um, you know, so I think, yeah. I'm hoping that this year we can at least make it to the second round. Um, I'm third definitely round. rooting for that. <laughs> or third round. That would be amazing. Right. Um, <laughs> a finals. But we don't want to jinx. But I have I have high hopes and expectation. I think... We've had some bumpy start, but I think we're on the up and up. Think about right it. There. We're not
4: bumpy. <laughs> this is our best start since 2014 and 15. That's when we had Dame Lillard, Wesley Matthews, Nick Batum, Lamarcus Aldridge, Robin Lopez. This is our best start since then.
3: He
2: knows this. We now. were That's twenty. Talk. We
4: were twenty-five and eight.
2: Yeah,
4: if I recall right.
2: And he knows all the stats. Well, that's
3: that's real talk because people keep glossing over that.
4: Twenty and sixteen. I love it. This is him, seriously. Twenty and sixteen this year. There's not. Think about it. We can go on a win streak. This whole thing. (laughs) Remember when we had when we thought that? Remember when you thought that we were gonna lose? (laughs) was looking at his (laughs) mom.
1: Looking at her. I was like a little mean mugging going on. You doubt it. Sometimes it's hard.
0: (laughs) I want to talk about the, um, to go back to our our theme of basketball and friendship. Yeah. Um, Just kind of muse, like how do you think your life has been uh, affected or impacted by basketball and the people that you've met, the relationships that you've forged? Wow.
3: Um I mean, a couple of, every so often I'll post on my Facebook that our Blazer experience is more than just basketball and sports. Um, You know, I think for us, yes, it's the Blazer game, but it's more than the Blazer game because we've met people through the Blazers who are like our Blazer family. Um, You know, and through that, you definitely get to see life in different ways you get to see that it, it is more than a basketball right like sports is an avenue for forming relationships it's yeah. getting to know people on the deeper level it's you know it's understanding like it transcends age it transcends uh like racial differences political differences and for that moment um being able to bond or using basketball as that avenue um i mean the rent has been able to be exposed to oh my gosh so much i mean like one of the things I remember actually a couple of years ago, I moved back home to Liberia, and I was in Liberia when Dame hit that shot against Houston. It was an eight hour time difference. I went to work it was like three something in the morning. I went to work so exhausted that next day, and I told myself the minute I move back to the states, I'm getting season tickets, yeah. 'Cause I'm like, I wanna be there for every moment like that for the rest yes. of my life. <laughs> um, you know, so definitely, you know, like having season tickets was been able to even form a deeper relationship with fans. Um, the, the I mean like the staff, of course, like how the guys have been able to embrace a win uh um embrace uh I and Porn- to be my mother, and you don't even know
4: how to pronounce I
3: do know how to say your name. <laughs> <laughs> God Jesus. <laughs> this is him. Um <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, so he's been able to see and form relationships with the guys. They've been able to pour into him, Um, you know, as a young black male growing up, it's important for him to see, you know, folks who look like him share their life experience and have him marvel. And I think it's also inspired him too, where he's been able to, you know, want to launch a sports academy in Liberia as well. So it really is more than just basketball. It's it's an avenue to life. Mm -hmm. It's a pathway to life. I mean, yeah, I've been able to like just bond with Miss Susie. I mean, there's like, what's the age difference? I don't even know. I'm 77, oh my God. honey. Oh,
4: 1977.
2: No. Okay. Yeah, so but what? I'm 47 40 years old. And I have to tell you, I've enjoyed this relationship. I, I feel blessed that she asked me to come to his fourth birthday. I, I look for him. I, I'm thrilled when I'm walking out and somebody comes up behind me and gives me a hug. It's this guy. Uh, and have been able to measure each other to track each other. Higher oh him, yeah, we've been tracking. <laughs> he's <Who's finally> taller. <laughs> tall. He's
3: taller now. At ten, he's crossed the mark.
2: <laughs> I went through this with my kids too. They could hardly wait till they mm-hmm. got. But I, I tell you, recently I had a birthday, and the birthday was the day after the or before the game on the nineteenth. And when they put it up on the, oh, yeah. on the jumbotron, mm-hmm. "Happy birthday to Susie." I'm I'm going. Oh wow, that's exciting! And all of a sudden, there's a bunch of commotion over here, and I look over, and he's crawling over the people between me the and birthday. the aisle to wish me a happy birthday and give me a hug.
3: Oh, that, yeah. Do you know mm-hmm. what?
2: That was a wonderful thing to do. I he's like I gotta find Miss Susie. It, it's that birthday it was just made me so Aww. happy. And what more could you want? I mean, to have. Basketball make Don't it cry, special. I know. That's <laughs> yeah. so
0: sweet. I love it.
2: I loved it. He's bigger than basketball. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes.
1: yes. And rumor has it, you got a pretty cool chance to be on the court this season. He's, yeah. he's
2: down there all the time. He's, he's out people. there practicing and throwing. The, they're all talking to him, and I watch him. It's, it's amazing it's what you privilege. get away with. <laughs> 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 I yeah. wish I was younger so I could do it, too. <laughs>
4: yeah, shout out to my dude, DM. He's a real one
3: you
4: don't know who Yim is oh Yim oh I know who he is <laughs> Jonathan Yim shout out to him
0: <laughs> who are, what are some of the things that you have that you think you've learned because you've gotten to hang out and you know watch the players so closely and talk to them what are some things that, that really have stuck with you
4: probably the coolest thing that's ever happened is when Dame sent me up like a whole box of shoes mm-hmm. that was pretty cool
0: Oh, my God. Yeah, that's that's really neat. Did he say <laughs> why he gave you some shoes?
4: No, I just said. He about him you? my biggest fan
3: of Renze. I he said, because you're always so supportive. Remember the article? This was years ago. Where they wrote about when Dame was, when he remodeled his grandma's house. Mm-hmm. What did you think of that?
4: It's really cool, because that's what I want to do.
0: What is it that you want to do?
4: Remodel my grandmother's house. That'd be pretty cool. Yeah.
0: Oh, that would be
4: cool. I mean, it is pretty big already, but I think it needs a few tweaks. especially <laughs> me.
0: So for people who may not have, may, might not remember the article, um,
3: what was it that Damien did that you think? He
4: remodeled his grandmother's house.
3: Okay. And that was the house Damien grew up in.
4: In you know. my grandma's house is where I grew up in.
3: I was going to say, so there's some of the similarities. Yeah. And Dame talked about how he spent a lot of time at his grandmother's house and the memories that he had. I have
4: been in my grandma's house. Ask my mom. She it's gets, his favorite place. She gets mad I sometimes. Did. Like, you got to go home. <laughs> <laughs> you got to go home. We have I'm home. at my grandma's house on the weekends. Basically, I don't really go to our house. I mm-hmm. only get to go there to sleep. Because mm-hmm. after school, when I get off the bus, I go to my grandma's. I stay there until five, I go home, I go to bed. What about blazer
0: nights? What's um, your routine on a blazer on a game day? So
4: I always have to pack my clothes to go to my grandma's and then I get dressed there. I do my hair and stuff and then I go to then I go to Moda Center.
3: When do you get there?
4: Uh depends on what time the game starts. Try to get there as early as possible so I can When the door's
3: open. Yeah,
4: so... What time right. do
1: the doors open for, like, a 7 o'clock start?
4: 5.30.
1: <laughs> so
4: I always try Even to... Even 7.30. So I always mm-hmm. try to... Uh, Still 5.30. So I always try to get there early so I can watch film with Coach Jim. So and you then, get to
0: watch film with the coach? Yeah. What's that like?
4: It's pretty cool because it's like, uh, like, like it's, he just tells me, like, analytics about the other team and stuff. And also I get to and then I saw Zach Collins the other day and it was pretty cool that he at the Leshwamp invitation and he invited me to sit next to him. So I also saw Mr. Lucas, David Lucas there too, so
2: that That's was pretty cool. cool. I think I saw you on T V sitting next to Zach. When? Oh it was on one of the newscasts about
3: I can't uh, keep track of at the at the Lushwamp. Huh? <laughs> I said probably I can't yeah. think he's if looking at the There he is again.
4: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> just popping up. Okay. Yeah, well, the Gonzaga prep versus uh the b- versus university, that was a great game. I expected the university to blow them out because of course. A featured Duke prospect, Vernon Carey Jr. is on their team. I don't get what they feed these kids these days. Like, <laughs> these He's six ten and he has like a LeBron built and he's a senior in high school.
1: I, I wonder the same thing. Like
4: <laughs> and I also saw Scotty Barnes. He's
0: Did you see um he's Scottie a... Pippen there?
4: I did. Uh, I saw him, there. Draymond, Kenya Martin.
0: Everybody was there because the uh Sierra both the go- Yeah. Well, so there's a bunch of players who have dads who are NBA or former NBA players. Yeah. Also, the, the Warriors team. were in town. Yeah,
4: so they just came. And then Jimmy Butler was also at the left Rob Invitation. No. Sorry, Jimmy Buckets, but we're going to ruin your – we're going to crush your dreams tonight.
0: <laughs> All right. I'm so glad. <laughs> I keep on forgetting that
4: he plays for the Seventy ers because I was like – because I was like, why is he – do we play against the Timberwolves tomorrow? <laughs> I looked at, like, the booklet that they always give you before the games. And I said, oh, Philadelphia. I wonder why. Maybe he has a friend who plays for Philadelphia. Because <laughs> I was really confused because sometimes I just – Tonight, I wouldn't have even known who we're playing against if I hadn't uh, if I hadn't looked at the program. I don't even look at the schedule usually. I just
3: because think... you read that program, you just show up. You read it when you get there. <laughs> we have all the programs for the last uh-huh. two years. No, so, are my god, i have Like, what am oh, I, to I do have with all them? <laughs> I know I have them all too. So, keep collecting them. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah, just keep
0: going. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you can you can leave <laughs> the them <laughs> to <her> Arinza <laughs> the when you're Okay, wait, I have a question for you, Rince. Do you ever... So, if you were... If you had a friend who, like, really wasn't into basketball, but you thought, oh, my friend would really enjoy this. He's not my friend. Or or my well, friend. Stop. what if... What would you try to... What, what would you say to try to convince someone that basketball is, is cool and worth following?
4: Look at me. And then you see that basketball is really cool, and... If you always need something to do when you're bored, basketball.
0: You mean you can play it? You can grab a basketball and go play it? hmm
3: What can I learn from basketball? Leadership
0: and teamwork.
2: Mm-hmm. Perfect.
0: Turning it to you, Miss um, Susie and Charlene, how about things that you have learned from basketball over the years that you would maybe tell a friend who wasn't into it but you really think that they might enjoy it?
2: Well, the teamwork is what I love the most. And to see people who, short or tall, Mm -hmm. will give their all and go for it. And there's nothing I love more than to... uh, The only people I get upset with on the basketball court is people I don't think they're giving their all. When they give their all, I stand up and start Mm -hmm. throwing kisses out there. I love it. Love it. <clears throat> and people that don't want to take the time. And there's a lot of them that don't to follow basketball. They're, they're losing out on something really special in life. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, Best I sport
4: think, in the world.
3: I mean, I think basketball and sports in general, um, <clears throat> you know, I mean, it's that cliche saying of teamwork makes the dream work, you know, cause it's, there's only so much Damon can do, right? But if you combine the skills and the points of Dame, C.J., Nurk, right, that's how we're able to get to 115 oh, wait, or whatever. In, the bench. Wait, in wait, the bench. In the
4: bench. How about? How about? After, well, can I please name every single Blazer player? Sure. And I think I can name what college they went to. Okay. All right, you ready?
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Number zero, Damian Lillard, Weber State. He is from Oakland, California. Number one, Evan Turner. He went to Ohio State. Of course, he is from uh he is from Chicago. Uh number two, Wade Baldwin the fourth. He went to Vanderbilt, which is in Memphis, and he also played with Carl Anthony Towns in high school. Oh, I didn't know number three, CJ McCollum, <clears throat> He is from Ohio, of course, Canton, Ohio and he went to Lehigh. Number four, Maurice Harvless, he is from the Bronx in New York and went to St. John's. Number five, Pat Connaughton, sadly he's not here anymore. Number six, Shabazz Napier, he is not here anymore. Number seven, oh no, number six, Nick Stauskas, he is from, Cana- and he is from Canada, I almost say Canada. <laughs> He's from Canada. He went to Michigan State.
2: Seven.
0: We don't have a seven. Okay. Number eight. Number eight? Number, number eight. eight. My second favorite player. We you do better have not forget number eight. <laughs> Wait. So.
4: Oh. Al Farouk Aminu. Yes. He's from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, he is from Atlanta, Georgia, and he uh, went to Wake Forest. Number ten, Jake Layman. I can't really remember where he's from, but he went to Maryland. Fun fact: Steve Blake also went there. Number eleven, the Hammer, Myers Leonard. He went to Illinois, and fun fun fact: he has his own clothing brand. Plus, he brought uh. A, like, a 250-pound hammer to the game with his logo
1: on it. I want to know what male person had to carry that hammer to his house. Because, like, in a package, can you imagine just being like, what is in this package? And then it's he a 200-pound hammer. Uh, like, one of those uh, things
4: that he put on. You a did. hand cart? Yeah, a hand cart. Oh. Because <laughs> they brought the hand number 16, number 14, number 15. 27. 27. Oh, 27, of course. Bosnaska Via. the Bosnian beast. That's how you say it in Bosnian, of course. Yusuf Nurkic, he did not actually go to a college. He just played uh, for, uh, I can't remember how to pronounce their name, but like Siska Vita. It's like an international team. Fun fact, he also started playing basketball when he was 14.
0: So you but. could take a few more years off
4: before you really get started. Yeah, twenty. If you want to be a basketball player, twenty-nine, thirty, thirty-one. Who's, Seth, who's Seth a Curry?
3: retired blazer with thirty?
4: Oh, Terry Porter, of course. I Who mean, does really? It? And Bob Gross
1: <laughs> retired the same the same night. I believe. Yeah. yeah, I was there that night. They retired those numbers.
0: You're very correct. You said, "Are your seats underneath the Bobby Gross one?" No, we're underneath Larry the- Steel. The no, I'm under Larry Steele. We're underneath Clyde. You're underneath Clyde. Okay, so,
4: 31. 31. SC31. 31, that's what I like to call him. Seth Curry, the better Curry. <laughs> he is from Charlotte, care. he is from Charlotte, North Carolina.
2: We didn't and We skipped uh, over number 22. Number 22? My very favorite of all blazers. Oh, number twenty two.
3: Oh, Clyde Drexler. Clyde the Glide. Clyde the Glide.
4: Well, I didn't know that we we're doing retired. Well, you're right going to talk
0: about Pat Connaughton. You're going <laughs> to <just laughs> talk about Clyde Drexler. Newerly
4: form. Oh, my bad. All right. Okay. Number nobody. Is that as Wait. Long as they go? Number nine. My boy, Gary Trent Jr. Oh. G. Trent. Sorry, Gary. From oh. Minnesota. He went to Duke University. He's a blue devil. He's a part of the brotherhood. Number 24.
1: Are you a Duke fan, too? Are you two get yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh. Oh! <laughs> We're about to be best friends! <laughs> Woo-hoo! Woo-woo. He loves... Seth also people. went to Duke, let's remember. Number First two.
0: Because we did that a little bit. Oh. I'm stuck under the rod. Do we... Did we get all of the...
4: Number 24. Anthony Ant Aunt Simons. Yes. He... Did not go to college. He was going to go to Louisville, actually, but he did not go there. He went to Edgewater High. Also went to Montverde. Finally went to IMG Prep School. (laughs) He is from Florida, as you could probably easily guess. Because all three of those schools are in Florida. I don't know how he knows. Fun fact, he was named after Anthony Hardaway. Is that everybody... No, definitely not.
0: No, I mean, like, you know. The who, current players. Yeah. The, have we, have we done the whole roster?
4: No. Number 33, Zach Big Z Collins.
0: Oh, how could I forget?
4: From Las Vegas, went to Bishop Gorman High School. Three-time state championship champion. This is all we're talking about. We'll add Three-time state champion. Was not on varsity his freshman year. He, went to, he went to Gonzaga High. I mean, Gonzaga High School, Gonzaga College, which is in, uh, which is in uh, Seattle. And people really criticized the Blazers for picking him. Spokane. Spokane. Spokane to be so specific. Washington. But he, but he has really proved his worth here in Portland.
0: Okay. Well, we need to right, start and wrapping it up. Number fifty.
4: Caleb Biggs Swanigan. Uh, yes. Uh, Caleb Swanigan went to Purdue.
0: Nice job, boy. That was all off the top of his head, and too, by memory. the way, and number 77. Mom is holding onto of the course, phone right now. Jack <laughs> that was all, that was all off the top of his head.
1: Well, I had one more question. So, do you think your family is closer, especially you and your mom, are closer because of your love of basketball? Because I know that me and my dad are definitely a lot closer because of our love of the Blazers. I mean, we
4: definitely spend a lot more time together.
3: Actually, I think we, we do have a special, special bond. He told me if I ever have more children, they cannot come to our Blazer games because that's our time together. Because I need to find other hobbies for them. <laughs> <laughs> but we're going to figure out how to share. Try you, golf. You, we Try can golf. do golfing too.
4: Pop, pop. Likes yeah, to golf. We
3: spend a lot of time together with Blazers. We I mean, we watch. We literally plan. A lot of things around blazer games. People know not to invite me out to anything if there's a blazer game. Mm-hmm. Look at the blazer schedule before you invite me because it will likely be a no. Um, I'm with
1: you. I had my <laughs> 10 year reunion last night from high school because it was during a Golden State game, and I was it's like, "It's a have serious you, game. Do you, did you know, check the schedule you when you, you scored Portland? this? Like, we went to high school in Seriously, Portland. You like, what high school did you go to? Grant. Oh, Grant.
2: I, my I, mom's yeah. a demo. I, I have to okay. say when I started. I mean, I started with the Blazers day one, and my kids grew up. I have two daughters, and they grew up loving the Blazers, just absolutely loving. Johnny Davis was on that team, the winning team, and one of my friends lived in the same apartments where he lived, and he was making a lot of noise one night, and she went upstairs and knocked on the door and asked him to turn down his records or whatever. And she, he told her who he was, and he offered to give her tickets, and he apologized. And she knew I was crazy fun. I, I was crazy about the Blazers. So she called me up and gave me the tickets. So I got tickets a lot from Johnny Davis. In those days, she didn't have the cell phones. So if she wasn't home, I didn't get them. The day they won the championship, he came down to give her tickets. And guess what? She wasn't home.
1: Oh, wow. I would never leave my house again.
2: Like, I would I never leave, leave my yeah. house again. Yes, yes. Well, she, oh it was her, but she didn't. She wasn't one that was a friend. I, his friend. I mean, she just, <laughs> she'd always give them to me. And he would give me his shoes, and I would send them back to, I think it was Philadelphia, to the boys club. Um, but I, I've never well, forgiven We're not friends if that happens. We're not friends. <laughs>
0: Well, I think that that's why they need to have another championship run. Yes. So that you you can can get to that game if you were that close and not able to make it.
4: Trust me. Hopefully, I need them to win in the next 11 years because then when they're in the locker room celebrating, I could be drinking champagne, too.
0: (laughs) Oh, (laughs) So we have to wait 11 years for can them I, to can win? Can we have no. really in between? Can you
1: have apple
3: cider? Yeah. Apple yeah, cider? <laughs>
1: Yes. Sparkling apple, apple cider. <laughs> if you shake always, it, it
0: goes.
1: <laughs> well. Because you
3: can celebrate without it. You can.
1: Oh, you yeah. don't have to have it. To yeah, let people
0: celebrate. say that. Let's, let, let's all hope that we have lots to celebrate as Blazer fans over the next <laughs> several years. And thank Three you all so for coming and joining us today. This was really fun. Thank
2: okay. You. Appreciate it. Thank you.
0: thank you. Thank you. Go Blazers! <laughs> Well our thanks to Arinze and Susie and Charlene who were so gracious to come and talk to us and share their stories with us. It was just a pleasure to sit and listen to them talk and I'm telling you we gotta have Susie back we got we should have them all back on yeah. but Susie went to the very first blazer game in Portland <laughs> and I don't know if she's missed many over the years and she has so many, I, I she now we're just like talking in the coffee shop before we even got started. And she had told me like five other amazing stories. So I, I
1: could listen to her talk for years.
0: Like yes, <laughs> just audio books <laughs> for forever of just Susie stories. Right, exactly. And Charlene and Narenza were so great. And, you know, I want to hear more. Um, Char- Charlene brought such an interesting perspective having, you know, come to the country when she was 12 and bonding over sports with her family. I was like, mm-hmm. oh, now that I re-listened to it again, I'm like, oh, I want to explore that more and find out more about how families bond over uh over things like sports. Anyway, that's going to do it for this episode of women's hoops and talks. I can be found on Twitter at TCB Biggs and you can find the podcast at hoops and talks on Twitter. You can find the podcast in the blazers edge podcast feed. If you like it, please subscribe and Oh, a reminder that Blazers Edge Night is coming up. So if folks are feeling inclined, they can purchase and donate tickets to uh, uh, kids and their chaperones who might otherwise not be able to attend games. You can find information about that on BlazersEdge.com. Cassidy, why don't you tell folks where they can find you and take us out of here. You can
1: find me at Cassidy Gemmett on Twitter. And then I think we're all going to be meeting up at the McMinnanims on Broadway uh, this coming Sunday, the 13th of
0: January. Yes. Uh, have a good night and go Blazers. All right. Thanks. Ooh, thank you for remembering the what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I totally forgot about that. Awesome. That's All so right.
1: exciting that that fan found us from Minnesota, is it? I know. I know. And everybody's so excited. <laughs> She's going to be so popular. I know, I know. I keep, every time I wear a blazer sweatshirt, somebody at, uh, at work, one of our customers is always like, oh, are you a fan? And they'll start talking to me. I've invited so many people. So I hope someone awesome. shows
0: up. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yay, yay, yeah, yay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Okay, well, thank you so much, Cassidy. I really appreciate it. Yeah. And um, I will let you know when this is done. Awesome. Talk to you later. Have a great night. Bye. Bye. Bye.